0: Welcome to episode 2 of the Roseland podcast. I'm Chloe your host and this week on the podcast we've got some updates from the Roseland magazine and Roseland Together or Roseland Surgery's patient groups and we've also got our first interview. If this is the first episode you're listening to then please do go back to episode 1 to find out what it's all about. You can find the podcast at roselandpodcast.com on iTunes and Apple Podcast and hopefully soon on Spotify and all the other podcast apps. At roselandpodcast.com, you will also find links to any resources I mention. Updates for you. Rosen Together, also known as the Rosen Surgeries Patients Group, are being super active, providing support and local information to help you deal with the coronavirus outbreak. You can find the website at rspgroselandtogether.co.uk, uh, and there's a busy Facebook group, including updates on local shops and services. Just search Rosen Together on Facebook to join that group. And you'll find links to both those things, the website and the Facebook group, if you go to RosenPodcast.com and click on episode two. And Rosen Magazine, well, unsurprisingly, they are not going to be delivering at the April magazine anytime soon. But it may yet arrive um, somewhere near you. It has been printed... It is on the peninsula, so near and yet so far. Uh, if you want to know all the ins and outs of that, then do read the full update on Roseland Online, which is another great source of information. And the Roseland Online website is also where the Roseland Magazine team will be bringing us any further updates about the distribution plans. If you've got an update you would like me to share, just drop an email to podcast at gmail.com. Okay, it's time for our first interview. And this week, I'm chatting with Alan Durham of Tregony. He's a local author, historian and poet, and you've probably read his work in the Roseland magazine. We're chatting about a subject close to my heart, writing and self-publishing. Whether you're seeing now as the perfect opportunity to finally get around to writing that novel, short story, biography you've always dreamed about doing, or you're just fascinated by how those who do, do it, I think you will enjoy this chat. It's uh, hopefully going to be a bit of entertainment, a bit of escapism. Hello, Alan. It's great to have you on um, the podcast as one of our very first guests. So how are you doing today?
1: I'm very well. Feeling a little bit like a troglodyte because I'm in the category that's uh, self-isolating at the moment.
0: Ah, oh, right. Okay. You're one of the uh, the 1.5.
1: no. I'm just... one of the o- over the, one of the over seventies.
0: Ah, there's so many categories now. I lose track. So right. so many terms, so many categories. I spoke to someone in in Canada yesterday, and they've got a whole other word for it, which is <sighs> they're they're safer at home, whilst we're stay at home. Um, it's a it's a crazy world, though. But let's we're going to talk about something totally different to take I everyone's can't. minds off it for a bit. So, Alan, you've published a number of books, haven't you?
1: I've published three books for myself at the moment. Self-published three books, and I'm in the process of doing two more. Um, one is a book of poetry that I've just finished, and it's now on a memory stick because I can't get it to the printers. And I've got another book that I'm publishing that my wife has written on. It's a cookery book with about 120 recipes in.
0: Wow! And what you know, when what were the other, what are the first the three which are actually available about?
1: Well. the... When I became interested in writing, I suppose I was in my late 30s, early 40s, because that was the time when I started to have a little bit of space to think, apart Mm -hmm. from family and things like that. So I I started to write about the thing I knew, which was my own background, how my parents had been in the last war, my father had been badly injured, my mother was a land girl. I had lots and lots of stories of that time. So the first thing I wrote was a book about memories of childhood. I suppose many people start off from that spot and it was from that point onwards I thought I really like this writing game I'm getting (laughs) into this and um, it sort of triggered me off from that point so my first book was called The Hen Race which is a strange name yeah but it was was the name that my father was in the tank regiment and he was in a reconnaissance unit that was miles ahead of uh, the the rest of the supply chain and deep in enemy land And they were starving, and my father used to go into the old bombed-out farmyards and things and run down chickens for them to have for their team. (laughs) Hence, and and it was called hen racing, and my father was crowned squadron champion hen racer.
0: Excellent. He He was the one who'd bring the chicken back for dinner?
1: Absolutely, yes. And avoid all the Germans that he was around at
0: the time. Yes. Well, yes, yeah, indeed. Wow, and then and so once you'd done the the memories book or the you know yes, the personal history yes. book, what did you choose to write second?
1: Well, I thought I, I became very, I was at the time I was very interested in horticulture. because I was I had a business that was I was running a little garden centre, and I was doing lots of talks to WIs and gardening clubs and things mm-hmm. like that. And I thought. Instead of talking about it, let's start and write about it. So I started to submit articles to uh, different magazines. I've had, I've had about 57 articles published. Wow. And five or six of them was, the pinnacle of my career was with amateur gardening. And I had I had several articles published alongside such worthies as Alan Titchmarsh and things like that. So oh, now
0: there's, there's a, now we're name I, dropping already. I, <laughs> I
1: know, I am so sorry, I'm such a show off. <laughs> no, so that's where I went next. And then... Uh, as time went on, I moved on to writing short stories and then into poetry, so a bit of all sorts really.
0: oh yeah, yeah that's um that's kind of like non fiction, biography, yeah, yeah. fiction yes. and poetry that's pretty right. much all the boxes ticked, isn't
1: it uh, well, that's me, I'm a Gemini, I'm all over the place
0: <laughs> <laughs> and um and what what made you want to go down the publishing route? Because I think a lot of people, people might write as a mm. habit, but it's as a, as a hobby, as a passion. But to take it to the level of putting it into print or into e-book is, is a whole other, other ballgame. So what made you want to turn it into something real?
1: I think it was an increase in awareness that as a small writer, in other words, a small scale writer, mm-hmm. that my opportunities mm-hmm. to be published nationally were nil, really. Yeah. That they just didn't want to know so i thought well would i like to see my own writing in a book and the answer came back yes so i then set about thinking about well how do i write a book and i read lots of other books and saw how they did and looked at word counts and looked at spacings and looked at the construction of the book uh, to give me an idea so i then i had a go at it um i found myself a local printer who would print my book and interrogated my local printer as he printed previous books and sort of filched off him all sorts of things i suddenly learned about verso pages and all sorts of things. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole other print.
0: language isn't it when you, yes, get, when it you is. get into it yeah, it is,
1: yeah. and um, and then i also found out there's a, a, a anybody writing a book it's a there's a, a nice website if you want to go to and it's called Nielsen book UK. Nielsen is spelled N-I-E-L-S-E-N. Nielsen Book UK. And they're the place you go, and they will put you on the register of published books. And that's where you'd go if you wanted to buy barcodes. So you Mm -hmm. had a barcode on the back of your book, which I did. One of the problems I came across was that I didn't have a publisher. So I made myself my own publisher. And my publishing company is called hen race publishing because that was the name of the book that <laughs> was doing but so you find out little things along the way and it gives your book much more credibility and then you you need to fathom out how to put yourself online with amazon and various people like that which is a little bit technical for me so i usually get somebody to help me with that
0: yes and um it's it's interesting because pretty much anyone can go and get an isbn a barcode number from nielsen yes. but you yes. have to be a publisher to do it
1: that was why i became my own yeah. publisher
0: yeah well, me well, me too.
1: <laughs> well spotted. Yeah, yeah you did, the same, did you yeah Yes yeah. yeah,
0: so, so I I I've, I've published a number of business books and and I became I, my own publisher too. So yes I'm I'm familiar with Nielsen and and it's kind of like once you work out oh if I become a publisher as well as an author
1: That's right.
0: Then literally that's all you have to do is to decide to be a publisher. There's no form to fill in. It's literally well, that isn't
1: it? A, you suddenly say I am now a publisher. So when you so the, Nielsen's asked, who's the publisher? And you put your own name down. And if you've invented a name for yourself, you put that down as well and give them your address and your, your contact details. And all of a sudden you are a publisher.
0: And so you, you've said about the, the challenges of getting on Amazon, which obviously has become an awful lot easier in recent years than it was even five years ago. But yes. how, how have you gone about distributing the book? Was it just Did you just print enough copies for friends and family or have you sold it as
1: well? No, no, not really. I I do enough books. I usually print about 100 copies of a book, which sort of is absorbed by friends, family. And I go around and do talks and things like that. So I've done just recently, I've done a couple of talks on the Roseland about poetry for pleasure Mm -hmm. and things like that. And I take the books along there and sell them at that uh, events as well. But it's really quite low key because I'm writing for enjoyment, not for profit, really.
0: Yes, it's like the um, the the any money you get back in off the book sales goes some way to cover the print costs, but I'm guessing probably doesn't cover them all.
1: No, no, it doesn't. The the first book, the Hen Race that I wrote, um, uh, which um, was, I suppose, just technically about seventy five thousand words long. Just to Gosh, give you an idea,
0: that's a good size book, seventy five thousand.
1: Yeah, seventy five thousand words long. It was originally about one hundred and twenty thousand. But I edited it very keenly, and I took out about forty-five, fifty thousand 50,000 words to make it flow better. Wow. And I, think, and I think I've noticed that a lot of people who start off writing, they are not as diligent as they should be on editing. They should really look at their own book with a very critical eye and say, does that make sense? Am I rambling on here? Et cetera, et cetera. So it, there's a, a certain self-discipline you've got to put in to make the book Readable to other people.
0: Yes, as, as I said, I've I've done business books, but I have a I have a yearn myself to create a fiction book at some point, and so I right. I kind of I'm I'm a bit of a dilettante. I kind of you know hover around in forums and following Twitter profiles of people who write books and who write fiction books and and advise right. on writing fiction books. And certainly, a message that comes through loud and clear is: once you've written it, you're going to spend at least as long editing. As you did just writing, aren't you? Do you, do you find it's, it's as long editing or is it even longer editing? Longer,
1: longer. It took me two and a half years to write my first book. I put the draft of the book together within about 10 or 11 months and then I spent the next 18 months editing it, chopping it around, asking myself the question, is this worthy? Does it make sense? Do I need that bit in there? In fact, no, that's rubbish. I'll take that bit out and put in another bit in and things like that, yeah.
0: Wow, so for anyone out there who's, who's listening and who's thinking, gosh, I would love to, to use this time when we're all stuck at home yeah, to, to yeah. start writing or something. Any tips on how to make it actually happen, how to actually start filling that page?
1: Right. OK. The first thing you need to do is have an idea for the book. Then you need to think about it. Honestly, uh, no, I, I, mean, I,
0: I love it. I'm laughing because it's so true. It's, it's the one thing that's stopping me from starting.
1: You <laughs> can't just sit down and write a book. You've got to have an idea. You want to think, oh, I'll try and write a book about this, hmm. which in my case was the 1950s and my family's wartime experiences and things like that. Uh, that's when your problem starts because then you've got to think about, well, what do I want to put in the book? And how am I going to plot the book? And I recommend that everybody should plot their book. Uh, very carefully. And if they're writing a fictional book, they should develop character charts to th- describe like biographies of each of the characters. Um, uh, the, the, the lady who, I have forgot her name, who writes the Harry Potter books there. Uh,
0: J.K. Rowling.
1: J.K. Rowling, yes. She is a tremendous plotter. She spends ages plotting all the characters out and writes a biography for every, a biography for every character. And then she writes the book when she knows what all, all her characters are about.
0: So, that, so there's I a lot still... of kind of spider diagrams and notes yes, and yes, moving post-it yeah. notes around on the wall to before you even actually write oh, the first paragraph.
1: Indeed, I knew I know one man who wrote training manuals. Uh, uh, And he had a roll of wallpaper that went round his wall and he stuck it on the wall all the way around. And on the blank side of the wallpaper, he had literally thousands of post-it notes with his ideas. And he spent his day moving his post-it notes on his wallpaper to get the sequence of his book sorted out. So it just needs a little bit of plotting and a bit of thinking.
0: Really, The the more time you spend planning, the better things tend to turn out, don't they? And and writing a book is just the same.
1: Yeah. Yeah. it's your plan to succeed indeed
0: (laughs) indeed and once you once you've kind of worked on that plan do you then once you've you know you've finalized your plan do you start writing with chapter one or might you start writing a different bit first
1: well interesting question you're very good at asking questions because i wrote my chapter one for my book subsequently that became chapter six in the book because i put another five chapters in front of it because it didn't make any sense the first chapter so you've got to be willing to in modern cut and paste your book really chop and change and, and get it in sequence so yes number one is have an idea number two is plot the book number three is start writing get something down on paper because once you've got something down on paper or onto your screen or wherever it happens mm-hmm. to be then you can start to really think about it and it's then the book starts to talk back to you and says things like to you "Well, oh, why are you doing that you idiot and stuff like that
0: <laughs> that's the thing is that you have this you have this great plan but the plan yes. will change but you can't start without it and then you might write one bit thinking it's going to be here and actually the first the first thousand couple of thousand words you write might never end up in the book but you just have to start because you learn as you go along
1: let me give you a perfect example with my first book i set off writing like a maniac and i wrote twenty thousand words and my previous wife who died a few years ago she was very good at, at looking at the book she was a business consultant a bit similar to yourself and she looked at the book and she read it through and she said Can you tell me, why have you written it in the first person? And at that moment, I thought, why have I written it in the first person? So I scrapped the whole 20,000 words Ah. again and wrote it in the third person. Because you need some friend with a critical eye Hmm. to ask you that question. Because I was presuming that I knew what I was doing. I didn't. You've got to change.
0: Yes, it's those those sudden moments of, oh, (laughs) Oh, damn it. It was, yes. (laughs) I had to
1: go and have a very large glass of red wine and then start again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, look, Alan, we're going to leave it there for today. I've got a feeling okay. um, we may be getting some, some people uh, emailing in to say, can we please learn more about how to put a book together? So maybe we'll have you back on. But for, I'll be delighted. For now, Alan, thanks so much for coming. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you.
1: Chloe, thank you very much indeed. I've enjoyed every moment.
0: Huge thank you to Alan for being my first ever guest on this show and also for being so fun to chat to. It was an absolute pleasure. I'd love to have more than one interview in each show and some of the topics I think it would be really cool to cover are art, culture and history. We've got lots of clever and interesting people here on The Roseland. Who out there, who listening has got a story they would like to tell? Any of our local authors fancy having a chat about your latest book? Just get in contact, let me know your ideas. I also think it'd be quite cool to cover some educational topics. So there's a lot of people homeschooling at the moment. So any tutors out there fancy giving us some tips on homeschooling? and nature and farming. Spring is all around us right now. It's beautiful, which makes this whole situation seem somewhat surreal. If you'd like to come on and talk with me about any of those topics or something else, the first step is to drop an email to roselandpodcast at gmail.com with your ideas and any questions you've got. Then you'll get a response from either me or my cousin, Lindsay, who is now helping me field uh, inquiries and, and helping me find some great interviewees. Everything we're doing is recorded in advance so we can edit it. You can screw up as much as you like. It's all good. Also, do you run a local group like a WI or a sports team or a group of people with a shared interest? I would love to chat with you about what you're normally up to and spread the word. So maybe when all this is over, you get a couple of new members. Again, just drop us a line at roselandpodcast at gmail.com. You don't even have to be able to come on the show yourself. If you've got, I don't know, a recipe for a great drink or a really cool meal you can make with those tins in the back of the back of the cupboard. Just email it in and I can read it out on the show for you. I hope this will help us all feel a little less alone and a little bit more aware of how our community is pulling together. So if you want to make sure you hear the rest of the shows, then do bookmark RoselandPodcast.com and look for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or your usual podcast app and subscribe. Hopefully we'll have another interview, episode number three, in fact, uh, next weekend. For now, though, be kind and stay safe.